The following contains adult language, content, and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Taurus Riley, and I'm here to tell you this inflation thing is important. High inflation is a wicked thing, and we must abolish it like slavery. We want inflation low so we can plan and prosper. But if it drop too low, we can't grow. All the high prices that mean me harm, hey, they can go back where they came from. No inflation monster shall prosper. So that middle ground is what we want. Low, stable, and predictable inflation. Because low, stable, and predictable inflation is to the economy like what the baseline is to reggae music. Listen up! Like low and stable inflation after the economy. A message by Bank of Jamaica. DancehallMag.com is a new startup publisher covering Jamaican music and culture. New articles fill four content areas weekly with the goal of facilitating a greater appreciation and awareness of reggae and dancehall to the masses worldwide. Find them online at www.dancehallmag.com or subscribe to the news magazine on Google News, Apple News and Flipboard. I'm JR. 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 This is World Music Views. This is World Music Views. You don't need a big machine right now to try to get record physical copies in stores. So, a you that is working in Kingston and putting together some music with the, with the click of a button can upload his music for the world to have access to. You know what I mean? And that is going to be a benefit to, to musicians, whether in Jamaica or wherever you are. My name is Gerald Watkins, host of World Music Views. Caribbean music is the heartbeat of the world, and the recording industry, which includes music, film, and advertising, is the heartbeat of the region. Every episode, I will take you on a journey of how Caribbean music and culture is impacting the world. With many Jamaican and urban Caribbean artists operating without a label support, selling music to make it to the Billboard Hot 100 or the 200 Albums chart is a distant reality. However, the artists are making an impact all over the world because the fans are able to access their music legally and through the available streaming options. In this recording, we zero in on YouTube's impact. And later, my friend Earl joins us from Canada to tell us how owning the masters and cryptocurrency can change the industry. YouTube is the leader of Caribbean music streaming. And now, more than ever, the true measure of the urban Caribbean music's impact can be calculated using the YouTube charts. Top songs on YouTube in Jamaica. Yang by Intense at number five. Sociopath by Vibes Cartel at number four. Breaking News by Dexter Daps at number three. Gooba by Takashi69 at number two. And Convo 2 by Governor at number one. 
The true impact of a song cannot be appreciated without an accompanying video content. In the last year, among the top artists in the Caribbean according to YouTube, Vibes Cartel amassed over 400 million plays on YouTube globally. With 80 million in the United States, 94 million in Jamaica, 37 million in the UK, and 17 million streams in Canada. With cities like London, Nairobi, New York, Toronto, and San Jose accounting for the majority of his streams, Cartel is a dominant force in urban Caribbean music. Still, a far stretch from Sean Paul, who scored over 1 billion streams on YouTube last year. A special bond of creation. Most of Sean's streams came from the USA, 108 million, Mexico, 103 million, Brazil, 61 million, the UK, 51 million, France, 57 million, and Colombia, 56 million. No girl can't see me and cause problem. Them a man clowns and me walk on them. Me no love chat, but me I want them. Tell them this a real Shenyang auntie. For the same period, Shensia, one of the top female artists in the Caribbean, tallied over 200 million streams, with 32 million coming from the United States, 36 million coming from Jamaica, and 16 million from Trinidad. She has streams that came in from as far as India, France, and Suriname. Over the same period, Bob Marley streamed 800 million times on YouTube globally. Most of his streams took a similar path as Sean Paul from the USA, Brazil, France, Mexico, UK, and Colombia. With the exception of Rihanna, there were no Caribbean artists in the top 100 most streamed artists on YouTube. Still, every artist should aim for the big leagues. However, without barriers or systems to hinder, you can get your music out to an audience on the easiest platform. The two biggest songs in the region last year, Lockdown by Coffee and Lighter by Taurus, Riley and Shensia you make me feel did not make the main Billboard charts. Those songs, however, captured the mood of the urban Caribbean music scene and became YouTube number one hits. The cultural capital developed for the artists is significant. Each video got over 30 million streams on YouTube. The other streaming services in the Caribbean have different rates per streams. Years ago, there was no way to measure the impact of a song or an artist in real time other than at a live show. With streaming, the urban Caribbean music scene is validated according to Damien Jr. Gong Marley. Streaming is really the future. And that really opens up a lot of opportunities for reggae music. You know what I mean? Because even, even within, within the Caribbean, we never traditionally buy albums anyway. You know what I mean? But everybody is now streaming. So you can put out, a, you, can put, you can upload something on, even for example, YouTube. You can upload something on YouTube. And just within the Caribbean, you can amass millions of streams, let alone start talking about Europe and America and other places. So 
the streaming has helped to validate our numbers even within our own reggae core market. You understand what I'm saying? And then, of course, you don't need a big machinery now to try to get record physical copies in stores. So uh, you that is working in Kingston and putting together some music with the click of a button can upload his music for the world to have access to. You know what I mean? And that is going to be a benefit to, to musicians, whether in Jamaica or wherever you are. You know what I mean? Urban Caribbean people will use YouTube because it's easy to access and free to sign up. And now we hear from Earl Chapman. Earl is a well-accomplished business developer and he shares what he knows about owning the masters and developing Caribbean music. But Earl, tell, tell us a little bit about how you started your business, how you got to where you are now. How could you retrace that reverse it for me today one well the the short story is i worked in telecom for many many years i worked for bell canada for close to um 10 years so i built all the internet service providers for bell canada from zero to 55 million dollars then i ran carrier services where i was able to bring at&t and aol to canada grew that to 77 million then i built um uh, Primus and Group Telecom, two telecommunication companies here, and um, built Two Cows. So Two Cows is a domain registrant that led me to Jamaica, where I had to present to the WIPO conference lawyers um, that a virtual domain name was still the ownership of the brick and mortar. I think you recall squatting back in the day when people were buying domain names and wanted to resell JR, you know. Yeah. So um, I did that. Fell in love with Jamaica when I got there. 20 years later, I've been bouncing between Shanghai and Jamaica, um, offering consultancy services and telecommunications and business development, as well as taking companies public raising capital. So currently I work for the JSC. And in doing that, I've been very successful in 2018 in Jamaica, raising several millions of dollars for Canadian-based businesses and having Jamaicans see huge returns. So um, it's self-driven, you know, it's me um, figuring out when I had a job that I had to get up every day and I had to perform at the job. If I didn't perform at the job, I would be fired. And what really came to light was when I was stuck in Montreal during an ice storm and we counted how many minorities were in a thousand salespeople uh, ballroom. And we found that there were 11 blacks five guys, six girls, and um, 18 Chinese, 22 Indians, and the rest were white. So as one of five black males back then, trying to break through the corporate barrier. So I think it brought me full circle to becoming an entrepreneur because uh, there, was no, um, there was no opportunity beyond the glass ceiling. You can actually look through it, but you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't get up there. So um, what I found was that... Um, after going through my corporate career, uh, the only way I could get promoted and earn um, more money was to start my own business. So 
that brought me to Jamaica, and I have been working extensively in Jamaica ever since. And recently, we're about to launch the first regulated cryptocurrency exchange on the JSC, which is the first in the world. And that market cap for uh, crypto is like over $400 billion, close to a trillion dollars by now. So one can go to coinmarketcap.com, coinmarketcap.com to take a look at the market cap for cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, et cetera, and understand the business opportunity that Jamaica will be getting out of this. So that's me in a nutshell. What would you say is, you say you fell in love with Jamaica. What would you say is the winning edge that Jamaica has over, over other markets? Um, Jamaica, to be honest with you, Jamaica doesn't have a winning edge over other markets. Um, the money is expensive uh, to get. Um, I have to be very direct with you, so forgive me, but the money is expensive to get in Jamaica. There's a lot of liquidity, but it's pretty uh, tightly held. Um, the other aspect of your question that I would reverse is that what attracted me to Jamaica was the fact that it was a new frontier in the Caribbean. And being from the Caribbean, I saw Jamaica as a growing economy that needed more influence, more information, more opportunities, more technology, and so on. And four hours versus 14-hour flights, I prefer the four-hour flight, you know, gate to gate to Jamaica versus Shanghai. So... At the end of the day, um, I think when people get ingrained in the Jamaican culture, lifestyle, food, et cetera, the music, then they say, how can I stay here? <laughs> how can I start a business? What can I do? And my job is to bring people to see Jamaica because once you see Jamaica, travel around, taste everything, you tend to want to do some form of business there. So... When it comes to banking, it doesn't have that opportunity like the Bahamas did, Barbados still has, where offshore corporations can set up companies domiciled in Barbados and pay taxes on money sent back to Canada at the 2.5 rate, I believe, or it's probably a little higher now. So um, that's a tax haven, per se, for Canadian companies to have their accounts payables, receivables, receive money, and then pay out bills from Barbados. Jamaica doesn't have anything like that. You know, Jamaica doesn't have uh, a tax incentive for companies to set up shop there. If they do, I'd like to be made aware of it because it'd be part of my selling feature on why Jamaica. But I think Jamaica has a lot of liquidity, a lot of money that wants to find a home, wants opportunities to invest in. And we have to bring, we have to bring those. So sum it up. I just love the culture. I love the people. My wife is Jamaican. <laughs> so we got to help Jamaica. <laughs> love the woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that, that's, that's interesting. You said you love the culture. And, and this podcast deals with technology, sports, music, and culture. World Music News Podcast. Um, I want to zero in a little on the culture. Part of that culture is monetized both inside and outside of Jamaica, but there are lots of gaps, as you just pointed out. How much more and where are the opportunities to monetize the culture that you see from where you stand? Oh, it's a great question. Uh, and it segues right into, sorry, I'm making notes. Uh, it segues right into what I said earlier. Um, 
at the end of April, hopefully. Uh, FSC and everyone has given it its blessing so far. So FSC is going through the last reading of something called the rule book that security companies, well, brokers need to have, uh, lawyers need to see to be able to do something called security token offerings, STO. I think every artist in Jamaica that owns their intellectual property um, have made money, whether it's $1,000 US or 100,000 US, um, has value, inherent value within their skills, within themselves and what they can do. So um, I liked your topic because uh, where culture can get monetized in the new world going forward, which is the digital world, is to create STOs, security token offerings. This is something that I intend to lead with your help, I can be introduced to a lot of folks who own their intellectual property, from an artist, a painter, sculptor, um, musician, athlete, um, anyone that believes, scientists, uh, homeopathic, ganja curators, <laughs> anyone that has intellectual property can now create a security token offering and let the world through a broker dealer in Jamaica, open up an account for that investor. That investor can buy into that company. That investor can use that crypto or digital asset to liquidate it, redeem it and liquidate it in cash or hold on to it and see the value increase based upon the revenue that's being generated in the business contracts being signed by that athlete or entertainer um partnerships right and just good news good news makes the market do funny things and people get rewarded from their stock existing stock um it's the same with the sto like an ipo you, you, the market will reward you for constantly growing your company your business and generating revenue so i think the opportunity to monetize a lot of culture is to look at the new digital class asset platform coming in on the JSC in, uh, end of April, um, where one can actually become a, um, an issuer of an STO for the international market, have a broker dealer in Jamaica, receive all those incoming funds. And again, if one goes to the website coinmarketcap.com, you can see tokens or crypto and see how many cryptos are out there with um, very little substance when you go to their website, but generate a high market cap based upon people's belief that it has future or this may be of value down the road. So they've invested. So you're encouraging artists to, or entrepreneurs to set up shop and own more of their masters and publishing. Absolutely. If you, um, if you can, Give me an artist that you think has a tremendous um, IP Taurus list. Taurus Riley. I can say this right now publicly. He can earn $100 million by creating an STO, which is his company, Ken. That's U.S. That's Riley Company. And the reason why I say that is when you put out an STO, it's like you're putting out shares. You put out the X amount of shares to the market, people buy them. So you put out $100 million to the world to buy it, it'll sell like hotcakes in the entertainment music world and promote it properly. It would become a, a strong consideration for someone to acquire it, knowing, knowing the artist, 
his collection, how much he owns, what the values. If you look at the example recently, or let's go back a bit, if we all had a chance to buy part of the Beatles, we would have, but Michael Jackson did for one lump sum of money. They recently, Bob Dylan, I believe, sold his for over 300 million, right? We could have easily all owned a piece of Bob Dylan if he had the STO platform or someone had brought that to his attention. Again, when you go to coinmarketcap.com, you'll see the volume of business that's done there. So if someone had brought it to his attention, Mr. Dylan, you could do a billion instead. He'd say, hey, <laughs> let's do that because it gives everyone ownership. And what that has is a value of redeeming it, liquid, liquidity, creating liquidity, basically using it for concert tickets or buying his merchandise or downloading his, his music, et cetera, et cetera. So whatever he wants to do to allow people to see the inherent value in it, he can put that behind the scenes to support it as well. The best example I can leave with you is Tesla. Tesla just bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Then they created their own Tesla coin. I saw and that. creating their own Tesla coin. They want people to buy their Tesla coin, invest in their Tesla coin, but use it to redeem for a Tesla car. <laughs> <laughs> so you follow me? Yeah. So they're creating their own value chain by saying Bitcoin is going to back this token of ours, which Bitcoin is doing for the entire ecosystem, backing everything. And therefore, what we're going to do is we're going to hold our own treasury of Bitcoin and we're going to create our own token. So again, when you go to Coin Market Cup, you'll see Tesla's token there, right? He's a forward thinker. So Travis Riley, Travis Riley could have Taurus Riley. That, Taurus sorry? Riley. Is is Taurus Riley. Taurus Riley. Thank you. Taurus Riley could have the ability to basically create um an incredible treasury for himself to expand and educate and help. Mm. With, with streaming coming into the, the Caribbean market and, and 80 other markets, what do you think? Do you think they're ahead of the game with what you're talking about, which is why they're coming into the market to get music on their platforms like that? And, and does, it make, does it connect and will, will streaming help the genres in the Caribbean? Um, streaming will help. Streaming will help. It will allow you to get more exposure. I'm a Spotify guy, so I just type into Spotify. Like I even found uh, a song done by Issa, Issa's son. Um, I think it's the youngest one. He's a musician. Mm -hmm. And he put out a few albums, and I saw it uh, in an article, and I looked him up, and pretty good music. But he has it already on Spotify. Not several songs, but about five or six but he has it on Spotify. So to your point of streaming, absolutely. Once Spotify and the other platforms allow people to um, upload their music and be able to monetize it behind the scenes, such as whether it's ads or whatever the vehicle is that generates the revenue. Um, the 9.99 that I pay for Spotify, I don't know how that's split between all the artists. But I'm sure there is a formula associated with how the artist benefits from it. So my point is, it's a good revenue stream to also look at as an artist to see how can I, like a YouTube channel, generate income by streaming my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to sort of show that the data doesn't lie. So if the numbers are good, then it would allow 
you to sort of uh, take on STOs and do things of that nature to raise more capital and hire better engineers and so forth and, you know, put out better stuff, right? So can any random artist just decide to set up his own STO or he needs to go to a broker, go to a banker and get all of this set up? Well, uh, any, any person who has a business, first and foremost, you have to have a business incorporated with the uh, legal process and companies act in Jamaica and follow that process and have a company, a, a bank account, um, have some small financials, whether it's all been debt, if it's all been debt because you've been building, perfect, because everyone likes to see that first that you put skin in the game. Um, if there is any kind of revenue, that's lovely because it shows that people are interested. Um, the question you got to ask yourself really quickly is, look at these YouTube channels that are coming out of Kingston uh, and out of Jamaica that have generated enough viewers to be able to get paid by YouTube monthly, <laughs> right? So it's the same mechanism, but one has to sort of uh, understand that they need to be a company first before they can then fill in all the requirements by the regulator to sort of know that you're a business and what you're offering is legit. Mm -hmm. Artists are usually offering uh, their talents in many capacities. And sometimes that talent yields a box office on a continual basis for the year that net end of year, they've generated X amount, <laughs> right? Is this what the record labels were doing all these years with all the music they own? Universal, um, Warner, everybody? No, they don't have a clue about it. They're now waking up and smelling the coffee due to all the activity in it. But what they did was create a library, right? A massive archive that they can actually turn around and say, based upon what we hold, which is part of the existing um, market capitalization is what intellectual property they hold and how valuable it is that it then helps them and the bottom line show that their company's worth a lot of money. So I don't think they'll ever put it out there, but I think what they'll do is write a lot of algorithms to recognize when it's used and it's already being done where they can actually see when their music's being used through bots going out and scanning the entire net and understanding where music's being used and sending signals back and being able to sort of charge these folks. So in other words, they have a, they have a library of what people will want to sample, rent, use, whatever. And it's, it's a revenue opportunity. But I don't think they, um, I don't think they would STO that library. I don't think they would. They're too big. They're already so deep in cash that, you know, for us it would be beneficial if they did that because all the music levels would go up. Universal's putting out an STO only on its music or creating an index only on its music as artists, and you'd be like, whoa, what do I? How much do I got to invest minimum to own a piece of that? And as you know, music is the antidote for peace in the world. So it's always going to be worth something. Mm -hmm. And my final question to you is, with all that's happening in, in the world now, um, people not being able to perform, artists just basically making the music and putting it out, they can't go to the audience. What value do you think the music is now do you think that the value of music fell in terms of sto offerings or 
it's actually increased because it's now a novelty and, and people are actually listening more and not being able to go out. I think it's increased. I think the value of music has increased. It's always been high. Uh, no matter whether it's country, rock, classical, jazz, R&B, I listen to all kinds of music. Sundays, I may put on some Chris, Chris Reeves or um, Johnny Mathis. <laughs> Go way back. My kids say, Dad, what's, who's that? What's that? <laughs> like, Yo, that's Johnny Mathis, man. You know, put on some Al Green. They go, Dad, who's that guy? That's Al Green, you know. Uh, there's such an array and such a volume of music that has transcended from people's experiences and lives that I think it's something that people always um, Afrobeats, I love my Afrobeats. People will always gravitate to music according to their mood. Uh, when you're working, I like to listen to classical and jazz when I'm working. No no singing, no vocals in there, just pure classical jazz, you know. It allows me to think. So um, music is always going to increase in value, but it's really uh, how much music is allowed to go out there. And I think that tap is, is really um, opened up quite a bit. But we haven't seen what Prince has in his closet yet that we haven't heard. So um, music plays a role to create a mood and maintain uh, calm nature uh, within our environments, primarily because of uh, what it, it, it what it transfixes in, into your mindset when you're feeling down or when you're feeling great or when you're feeling just okay. And I think the artists that create that have to be rewarded. There has to be some huge value uh, mechanism created for these folks to be rewarded. So now when people keep their masters and own their intellectual property, I applaud them because now they can create value for themselves further with their creativity and um, increase the value of music. As an example, Drake. How many years have Drake been in the business? And he's over a billion dollars right now, right, in revenue. So Drake came in and changed it to a certain degree where some rappers were always putting vocals, their vocals in, but he fine-tuned his vocals. And as he said in interviews, he works more on his singing through with his instructor than his lyrics for rap. And I think it allowed a lot of artists to come out with the same flavor, you know, which is nice. So... I don't know what it's called, but the different genre of um, beats, right? Continually to create value because when one hears it, like Chronics, you know, um, Chronics has just changed the soulfulness of, he's taken Bob Marley and all the greats and transferred that into the same, but with modern beat. Modern beat that allows you to want to dance, want to enjoy, shake your head, but when you listen to the words, it's a story, right? And I think those pieces always will have their value. Wow, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. What are you listening to from the Caribbean now? You just mentioned Chronics, who else are you listen to? Vibes Cartel, Rumpin' Shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's my anthem in the daytime. <laughs> Get me going, man. Cold, cold Canada, romping shop. <laughs> you know, exactly. I have a system in my garage. Uh, I have, I'm building a studio in my basement, um, DJ studio and so forth. But I have a system out of my garage. And um, 
I, I play romp and shop loud. And all my neighbors are like, Earl, who is that? Love it. <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> you know? Oh, Man, we'll know what he was saying. Or she no, was no. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> So my wife and I laughed because they're like, what, what are they saying? I'm like, oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> you know? That's anyway. The culture, man. That's the beauty of culture. It's it's catchy. You don't even have to know what it's saying, but if yeah. it feels good, it resonates exactly. with people all over the world. Exactly. I've had some of my like so conservative friends blow me away by getting into their cars in North America and they're listening to Tupac or um, Biggie. And these are white males, very conservative. And they're like, I just love, I just love the, I love the beat. <laughs> I'm like, not because of me, you're putting that on. No, man, I listen to this all the time, bro. I love his words, you know, listen to the words, you know, you get a story, a different perspective of the black world. Like, wow. So for me, I am always surprised, but not surprised by the different demeanor of people and the music that they listen to or were introduced to and they love, you know? Calypso will always be, you know, one of the classic favorites for every West Indian, right? Wherever you hear Calypso Beach, you're like, oh, let's go, <laughs> right? Um, that's because uh, that helped us see the value in creating a band and then taking the band to a hotel and making some money performing, right? So music, we've realized, have always made people happy, joyful, and accommodated them during the sad times and then seeing that you can make some money from it it's like whoa i love doing this i can make money from it so yeah beautiful thank you so much earl you're more than welcome this was an enriching conversation we gotta have a part two because i have a lot more to talk to you about well one thing you should do is keep in mind and go to coinmarketcap.com so you can understand the industry that's growing in jamaica through the jsc right now and then you may be uh, pleasantly clear on the cultural monetization of artists <laughs> of all kinds, you know? All right. I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely do that. Coinmarket.com. No, coinmarketcap. Coinmarketcap.com. Yeah. Definitely going. Right. Definitely going. Okay. Down. Thank you Take so much. Take care, my brother. All right. Respect. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. If you want to hear the songs mentioned or heard on this episode, go to YouTube or on your favorite streaming platform and search world music views playlist to hear more.